This week's Patriots celebration episode of the Blackcast will not be seen. And instead, we offer the following program. Well, I'm running down the road trying to loosen my load. I've got seven women on my mind. Four that want to own me, two that want to stone me, one says she's a friend of mine. Take it easy, take it easy. Don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. Lighten up while you still can. Don't even try to understand. Just find a place to make your Yeah, stand. there's uh, two things I don't really love in the world, and they're both iterations of the Eagles. I'm not a huge fan of the Eagles football team. And I really don't love the Eagles band, but you know what? If I had to go with one to play on my podcast, I was going to settle with Take It Easy by the Eagles, the band, because uh, there will be no Fly Eagle Fly here on the Blackcast. I also feel like there's a chance that Coltrane and Captain EO would murder me in my sleep if they found out that a podcast they're regularly on had Fly Eagle Fly play. But, you know, and a lot of my friends back in the old neighborhood would as well. So we have that, but we also have with us, uh, someone who has had to suffer through, let's admit, uh, several Blackcast episodes where Coltrane and Captain EO really laid it on thick about the greatness of the New England Patriots. So we've uh, brought in Jason Blair. Welcome back to the Blackcast. Greetings, honorable customer. It's great <laughs> to be back to the Blackcast. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I was a little bit worried when you invited me to be on that this would be some sort of hit job that you'd have Captain EO sort of waiting in the wings after his comments of uh, Indianapolis and that there'd be, a, you know, I'd have to kind of come with my my A game for fighting. But no, uh, no this no, is great. No, 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 no. We can this share is, the hate together. This is not a moment where everyone is kung fu fighting. Uh, you do not have to worry <laughs> about that here. No, uh, Look, let's be honest, uh, neither Coltrane nor Captain EO are particularly interested in um, being on the black cast if we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. And we'll, we'll get to them in a moment. Now, you are an Indianapolis Colts fan, but yes. for our audience who may not quite be that in-depth, dialed into your backstory, explain your vested interest in this year's Super Bowl 52, Jason. Uh, well, my, my wife was uh, born in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, was uh, raised an Eagles fan, um, basically had some part of her family move to Boston. Uh, at some point, I know in a previous uh, a past, present, future Bladcast, as Dennis would say, uh, we talked about how she was from Boston. Uh, she basically lived there for about 10 years before I had met her. Uh, she is a diehard Red Sox fan, and also loves the Celtics, which my Indiana roots. Uh, we can we can love Larry Bird together. But uh, people always say, "Oh, I'm surprised you're not a Patriots fan." And I said, "Well, your first clue is that I married her because uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if an Indianapolis Colts fan and a New England Patriots fan could marry each other." So uh, yeah, she's uh, big into the Red Sox, but as far as football. Maintaining her uh, Northeast Pennsylvania uh, roots and uh, is a diehard Eagles fan. So um, this year, obviously, Andrew Luck down. 
my NFC team has usually been the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers out. This was sort of a bleak year for me, uh, but I did kind of finally come around to watching the Eagles. And, uh, yeah, they were a just a solid squad, a really good group of people. And, uh, honestly, I've got to say, after this season – uh, I, I think it helps with the whole happy wife, happy life thing, too. But I, I think the Eagles are replacing the Green Bay Packers as my, my go-to NFC team. Wow, uh, now that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's a bold change there. And yeah. uh, let me ask for the sake of our audience if you keep the microphone even a little bit further away because we're getting a little bit of okay. that booming, booming voice that was popularized sure. on your debut album from uh, 2002, <laughs> 2003. Uh, 2000, actually. 2000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's uh, slightly less contemporary than I thought it was, which is embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's how we sort of have the fact that your wife is a Red Sox fan and an Eagles fan, which is sort of interesting. But mm-hmm. tell the story for, you know, look, not everybody who listens to the Blackcast listens to Red Circle Sports on Podcast <laughs> One, hosted by Mr. Dennis Miller. Uh, but if everybody who listened to Red Circle Sports listened to the Blackcast, that would be actually kind of amazing. So if you're finding us for the first time, welcome. But uh, tell a little bit about the. There was a gift you bought your wife, which was just sort of some really bad timing that I, I thought was uh, worth sort of uh, starting off at the story with. Yeah, like I said, the high point uh, this season has basically been watching Carson Wentz, and uh, since my, you know, there was no reason to watch uh, Colts games, no reason to watch Packers games. Uh, we, you know, we we've got the Sunday ticket, so I'd watch the Eagles games, and Carson Wentz was good. Oh my gosh, that guy is just amazing. And uh, so my wife's birthday, December eleventh. Uh, about two months before, I got on NFLshop.com, ordered her a Carson Wentz jersey for her birthday. I thought, this is just, she's going to be blown out of the water. So December 11th, of course, a Monday, Sunday night football. Carson Wentz wins the game by rushing a touchdown into the end zone. Gives the Eagles a home, you know, a home field throughout the playoffs. And blows out his ACL. So uh, basically, Uh-oh. the morning, <laughs> the morning of uh, December 11th, I basically gave her uh, the jersey. Uh, I was so broken up about it because I was so pumped, and basically was like, "Here's the shattered dreams. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's get them next season, honey." Um, you know, but I, I, you know, we were dating when Nick Foles was sort of the heir apparent to. Um, to Donovan McNabb, uh, I remember her late father was a big fan of Nick Foles, and so uh, that you know it was one of those teams where, you know, like the Colts, Andrew Luck goes down and we're done. You know, Aaron Rodgers goes down, the pack is done. But uh, Nick Foles, I'd sort of seen what he'd done over the last few years, and was like, you know, I, I don't think they're gonna gonna win the Super Bowl. But I can see them making a little bit of a play, you know, a little bit of noise in the playoffs because uh, he had a good you know, season or two with the Eagles before he started bouncing around with other teams. And so it was like, well, let's see what happens. And, um, yeah. So by the way, uh, does your wife call them the Eagles or does she actually pronounce the, Eagles? She says the Eagles, uh, it's, uh, I'm still trying to narrow down where some of the words that 
don't make any sense to me in my Midwestern, uh, you know, the, the big difference between Midwestern and East coast is I've noticed my, my kids say grandma and grandpa in the, in the Midwest, we're definitely grandma, grandpa. So, uh, uh sometimes she, she uses words like rotary. She uses words like, uh, use your directional instead of a turn signal. Uh, I don't know if those words are necessarily, uh, Pennsylvania yeah. terms no, or they're, they're Massachusetts they're, terms. They're more Massachusetts terms because uh, yeah. a rotary, I think we would call a roundabout where I grew up in New yeah. York State. So you see, it's uh, there's all sorts of regionals there. But uh, at least she doesn't have that South Jersey, Philly accent that is the most difficult accent to listen to of all the American accents. And look, let's be honest, there are some bad ones. That one, we're like, we're going to go home. You know, that one, no, 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 I can't. I mean, that's just like, just just stop. I, I cannot hear it. We're going to go home, go hang out at the Wawa, have some tasty cakes. With the go- you know, no. Yeah, so I'm glad yeah. she doesn't, you know, I feel like uh, you would have had to have had an intervention by someone. I, I, I wouldn't have known you at the time you got married, but someone would have had to intervene <laughs> and been like, you can't spend the rest of your life listening to that voice. So... Uh, our obviously our friends uh, Coltrane and Captain EO are not here, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I would like to read a, a statement from Captain EO a little bit later in the episode. It is not directed specifically for the Black Cast, but it's on his Facebook page, and because he liked the Black Cast page, I feel like that's permission to share it with everyone. And by the way, everybody listening, in a little bit we will be joined by our old friend Salmon. Yes, comedian David quote Salmon unquote Weiss. David Salmon Weiss will actually be here as well. Uh, He and I were talking about the big game beforehand and if we'd been in Vegas we would have put some money on the the Eagles. Uh, You know, we were toying with the money line. You know, it was all talk. There there was not gonna, we were actually not gonna be betting, but how we would have liked to have. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that uh, when when Salmon himself is here. Uh, But, uh, so Jason, your overall thoughts when Wentz goes down, you at that moment you're like, yeah, but it's all right because Foles is gonna win the Super Bowl with a major play being him <laughs> turning into a receiver, right? You figured that was gonna happen, right? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't think they would necessarily make the Super Bowl, but uh, like I said, it was it was one of those things where they're they're a good enough team. I, I, I didn't totally count them out. Uh, but one thing I knew, and and if you listen to Red Circle Sports with Dennis Miller and Christian Blatt on Podcast uh, One at podcastone.com, on podcast yes, yeah, you'll know that uh, one thing I did notice this year. Uh, I've been a big fan over the years of Greg Easterbrook, uh, Tuesday Morning Quarterback. He talks about. Uh, coaches always being afraid to go for it on fourth down, afraid to go for it on two-point conversions. Uh, and for some reason, you know, because if they don't convert, they get blamed for it. But it's really job preservation because if you look at the statistics, the chances are you're going to convert on a fourth down, fourth down. You're more likely to convert than not convert. And Andy Reid – Watching him with the Philadelphia Eagles and then now the Kansas City Chiefs for years and years and years was the king of, you know, there'd be less than a minute and they'd be down by two and there'd be a fourth down and he'd punt and leave it to his defense. And you're just like, what are you doing? Go for it. Um, Because he doesn't want to not convert and be blamed. So 
when Doug Peterson was named as the coach and they described him as an Andy Reid disciple, he was the offensive coordinator under Andy Reid, I thought, this is a bad choice. Why would you get rid of Andy Reid and then just basically hire his disciple? Um, but I, I'd watched several games over the season where they would go for it on fourth down. They would, they, they had a game, I think it was like week nine, something like that, where their punter got injured like in the first quarter, and they had a like a linebacker who could technically kick punts, but they were basically going for it on fourth down every time because their punter was out, and I was like, I like this guy. He goes for it. He's ballsy. So uh, it, it wasn't a surprise to me to necessarily see those plays uh, in the Super Bowl where he went for it on fourth down in Eagles territory. I mean, wasn't even across the 50-yard line, which I was just like, you know, make it or break it. I love this guy for calling, you know, calling the play to go for it in their yeah, own territory. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. You don't see that nearly enough, uh, especially in today's NFL. And look, there's a couple of times where, you know, it would have been hard to fault him for going for the field goal instead. However, had he done that the couple of times where it would have made sense, they could have very well been outscored by the Patriots. Even, you know, just using the theory that the rest of the game plays out exactly the same, you know. Right. If, if they had only you know, kicked a field goal at that point, they uh, actually would not have scored enough to win, although they probably still would have covered. So, you know, degenerate gamblers would have been like, well, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's that's the way that they look at it. Now, uh, before we have uh, Salmon in here and we mm-hmm. talk more about the game itself, what I wanted to give you a chance to do is there's a specific – uh, reason where in the time since I first messaged you about doing this blackcast, uh, just on Tuesday, you have oh. some new reason to uh, <laughs> dislike the New England Patriots across the board. Yeah, man. This has been just the craziest. The Super Bowl seems like it's such in the rearview mirror based on what's happened here in Indianapolis in the last couple days. Uh, You know, I feel like Emperor Palpatine where he's just like, let the hate flow through you. (laughs) This is this. I want to give into the dark side so bad because honestly, you know, ever since I think it was the game in 2007 where the the Colts and the Patriots were both you know, 10 and 0 going into that game where we've just basically hated the Patriots here in Indianapolis. Um, and you know, people like Jeff and Coltrane listen to the show. I think it's always been that they've come back. Well, you hate us because, uh, we've beat you. We've got more rings than Peyton ever got. Uh, and, and, and you can respect that it's part of the game, but there's always been something that's sort of, uh, you know, with just Bill Belichick's persona, you saw him at the end of the Super Bowl when they lost. He just basically slammed those headphones into the into the the turf and and ran off. That there was just always something kind of sleazy about him. I know that they made a big deal about Deflategate. That uh, you know somebody in our organization apparently was the ones who reported them. But this is just beyond sports in a way like the whole josh mcdaniel situation where the nfl rules are you can't sign the paperwork until they're done with the playoffs but you know there's always that unwritten rule in the nfl that you know they came to a verbal agreement 
and all of a sudden you're going to back out of that at the last second. I don't just blame Josh McDaniels. Robert Kraft obviously knew about the agreement between McDaniels and the Colts for weeks now. The Colts have let all of their other potential uh, head coaches gone, you know, leave. Uh, Mike Vrabel signed with Tennessee. And not only that, but the assistant coaches who Josh McDaniels have recruited, there's the defensive coordinator from, from Dallas. He has actually signed a contract with the Colts, moved his family to Indianapolis, and then at the very last second, Robert Kraft sweetens the deal. We assume he's given the head coaching in waiting position to, to uh, McDaniels, but that is just just shows you what a piece of crap the New England Patriots are. I know Jeff and Ken are going to, you know, say, well, that's just business. But if it's just business, his his agent actually dropped him today. I don't know if you've seen that in the news. I actually did not see Josh, that. Yeah. So Josh yeah, McDaniel's Josh, agent has dropped him. And Josh of course the, 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 cult, the Colts general manager, uh, Chris Ballard, did a great job, uh, you know, sort of fielding questions about that. Uh, I guess that was on Tuesday. And uh, let's just say he's not too happy. And uh, apparently the uh, the rivalry with the Pats is, is back on. And uh, we're now brought, uh, we're now joined by uh, senior Blackcast football correspondent, Mr. <laughs> David Salmon Weiss. Welcome back to the Blackcast, sir. It's good to be back, Christian. Isn't it? It sure, it sure must be. It's always great to be back. Uh, it's also great to bring Sexy back, but uh, more on that later. Now, uh, Salmon, you hear about this sort of thing, and uh, the you know, you know, nothing was signed. But uh, there was every intent. You made it known that this is where you wanted to go. But uh, is it just a matter of he just, you know, he was going to start dating a new girl. But, uh, oh, man, just something about the, the, the old gal back home still, uh, you know, maybe she offered to let him do something uh, that he, he hadn't gotten to do before. Well, so he stuck around. Obviously, New England sweetened the pot with with something, obviously more money and the promise of, inheriting the job when and if Belichick leaves. On the other hand, you give your word and you're supposed to go through with that. The one other thing that Jason didn't mention was that uh, Andrew Luck has not started throwing yet. And is there something in the medical reports, you know, is his shoulder, does it have the structural integrity of ramen noodles? I will say that that you know they had the press conference uh, into on Tuesday. Uh, Chris Ballard basically said that uh, Josh McDaniel has not spoken to Andrew Luck, has not spoken to his um, medical staff. Uh, You know, basically there there's nothing. If we're to believe Chris Ballard, which I would be likely to do, um, you know that Josh McDaniels (laughs) knew anything about Andrew Luck that all of a sudden changed his mind. Like, I know that's there, – there's there's two theories going on in Boston sports media right now, and that is, one, oh, this is some big payback for deflate gate, all this type of shit. And the, and the other two, uh, the second thing is, oh, all of a sudden he found out that Andrew Luck's no good. And look, I'll agree, Chuck Pagano has, has, has wasted 
uh, Andrew Luck with not giving an offensive line or Ryan Grigson and all that, that stuff. That has it, nothing in, to do with the condition but, of his shoulder. But there's nothing that basically Josh McDaniels knew that had changed as far as Andrew Luck and his, him changing his mind. Well, then, I really think this all came down to Robert Kraft saying, oh, you know what? You know, if you stay here, uh, when Belichick and Brady are gone, uh, you got you got the job. And uh, I think that's a lot of tampering on Robert Kraft's part, which, uh, you know, I, I always thought Robert <laughs> Kraft was kind of – you know, he he was kind of a stand-up guy, but now I I, I don't Please. think so. No, all well, right. So hang on a second. How many billionaires are stand-up guys? You think they got a <laughs> yeah, billion dollars exactly. by being a stand-up guy? You know, you you invoked you invoked uh, Emperor Palpatine earlier, right. and uh, I've always kind of seen Mr. Kraft as kind of like kind of like the Grand Moff Tarkin of, uh, <laughs> of a football owner. So uh, yeah, I I think he's just like, wait a minute, we didn't win. Uh, we don't want every to get away so yeah we're gonna kick in a little a little extra scratch as it were so uh there was obviously already some unrest some uh patriots uh, hatred uh so uh salman as uh, a you weren't a full-time resident of the city of brotherly love but you attended uh, university there i did talk a little bit about uh the pe- now you were there when the phillies won the world series in 1980 right i was and the worst they really did was toilet paper the trees yeah, so obviously they've upped the stakes a little bit in, yeah. in well, the it's, you know, that's, 38 it's years been, since. It's been 38 years. Yeah, right? yeah, but but it's also it's it's only it's been less than 10 years since the the Phillies won the World Series. You know, so it's like they've had a, a championship not that the, long ago. The Eagles haven't won in ever 50. Well, they won. A, they never won a Super Bowl. They never won a Super Bowl. They won the NFL championship. In 1960, I believe that was with the Chuck Bednarik Eagles. Nice. Last man to play both ways. Excuse me, offense and defense. <laughs> if I could just clarify. Uh, and also, I believe I believe due to a, a, an accounting and bookkeeping error, I think that they won Canada's Grey Cup one year. But uh, <laughs> that is obviously not cause for celebration. Uh, but uh, is do you think that the characterization of Boston as this gleaming city on the pond Please. compared to Philadelphia is an accurate assessment. Boston is one of is probably the smuggest, most racist city in America. You know, Coltrane would Absolutely. disagree with you. Really? On last week's show, Coltrane said that Philly is more racist than Boston. No. So it makes him feel good about being a Boston fan because no. Philly is less racist. No, Boston uh, is more, by more the way, racist. Absolutely. I, I have so many thoughts on that when I was listening to the Blackcast last week because when my wife was living in Boston, we would walk around the North Shore Mall and I'm like, it is all white people here. It is the whitest city in America. It's so easy to say you're not racist when you don't literally have any minorities to deal with whatsoever. Right. Well, it's, very and, se- it's very segregated. Yeah, yeah, Sweden, yeah, Sweden's not that racist either. But oh, l- by the way, for the record, let me, let me read this into the record to make sure the court stenographer takes it out. Both cities are definitely racist. But oh, yeah. I, say, wouldn't, I wouldn't say Philadelphia is racist. So have you ever heard audio from an event called Wing Bowl that they have every year? <laughs> uh, no, we talked about this last week. Uh, because the Phillies, sorry, the Eagles often don't make it into the Super Bowl. They have an event called Wing Bowl, I think. This is how many chicken wings can you eat? Yeah, but it's also how drunk 
can you get? How sick can you get? How can how much can you overflow that's, a that's toilet? More, that's more like Philly. I don't see how that's the equivalent of a Klan rally. No, but <laughs> if you listen to the audio from it, uh, the, just some of the most racist things get uh, just very ca- casual racism. You know, not the not the institutionalized. Oh, we have we have robes that we wear. I feel like if if the guys who go to Wing Bowl were in the clan the 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 robes would not be the pristine white that we're we're known no you want you don't want to get the hot sauce all over those robes <laughs> and then you need then you need those tide pods keep them white yeah it's another tide ad that's, know, they should have done that for that, the super bowl that's my rally that's my pull quote of jason blair from this episode of the black cast keep them white but uh <laughs> your name is jason blair like the disgraced reporter Yes, exactly. Isn't that I, I, I had so many people sending me audio clips of uh, people in the media saying, Jason Blair, that's scum for the New York Times. So I don't have a Y in my name like he does. So that, I, I think oh, any no, Jason yeah. with a Y in his name is a little sketchy. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we, there's there's something that you know in a in a less PC climate we would have said about someone who spells their name J A Y S O N. But I think that you know people can read between the lines on that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we're sort of uh, diving through uh, all of this, and uh, we haven't really talked about the game itself because uh, I wanted to wait until Salman was here with us. And uh, now that you are here, uh, Sal. Um, Let's talk about the conversation we had beforehand about how, you know, four or four and a half points was a lot of points. I would have liked to have taken the points. We could have, uh, you know, we talked ourselves into, like, well, what about the money line? Uh, if only we were in Vegas when we had that conversation. If only we were in Vegas ever. Well, no, that's true. Uh, yeah. The, if only we were always in Vegas. That's true. Um, but uh, well, we... The, lo- the line opened at... I thought it was six, five and a half. Six, six and a half, I think, six is and a half, Six and, and a half, half. Seven, yeah. Which I, you know, I, I'd that, say that mo- would have been a lot of points. Most to grab. most Super Bowl matchups, if you can get six and a half, you might as well go ahead and take it. Yeah. I mean, that's well. If you had the overs, you know, six and a half points on the money line, you made out really good that yeah. day. Yeah, but uh, we didn't. We just enjoyed cheesesteaks at Philly's Best. Yeah, uh, before the uh, the Super Bowl. That's but, true. That's that's yeah. how late uh, we I, are. I, I swung by there on Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, there were irate people who had placed catering orders weeks in advance who were not uh, getting uh, tended to, and I was just like, I don't need that this is, for. I don't need to wait through all this for one is, sandwich. That is brutal. That that is just some poor management on the part of uh, Philly's best. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't Bank. there to see that. Are you glad? Because I feel like you would have enjoyed uh, the other people's hate. Well, I enjoy hate, but I like it. Sometimes I like it from a distance. If, <laughs> That's I'm, true. if I'm waiting for a sandwich, and yeah, I, no, and there's, no, that, there's people you know genuinely put out. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was sort of a little preamble to uh, give us your thoughts on the game itself, Salmon. I thought it was an, an excellent game as far as these things go. I think there were a lot of things proven. You know, Philadelphia proved that they could finally win a big game. Brady proved the one thing in life he can't get his hands on is a thrown football. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the interesting thing was literally just last night, um, my wife's sister started talking about the game and she's like, yeah, well, it was really boring. I'm like, what are you talking about? And what I figured out 
what she was talking about was that the commercials weren't good and that Timberlake was bad. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, but the football game was great. And she's like, she's oh, I don't know. Well, yeah, apparently. And, and you know. No, no offense to girls. Her boyfriend, but offense to girls. Uh, but And, you know, her boyfriend is one of those nerds who likes comic books and stuff. I don't have much time for those folk. No. And, Terrible. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't. Because no, we like Star Trek and Star Wars. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> it's, an, Before, it's an entirely different kind of nerd. It, there'll be a great transition when uh, Salman and I talk about Star Trek Discovery, but uh, we'll let Jason go before that. But uh, and, and not because Jason doesn't like Star Trek. Jason's a big Star Trek fan, but oh, he, he did not want to give Les Moonves his money. I, 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 may, I, I will give Les that. Moonves his money for a month. Yeah. I, will, I will pay into CBS All Access for I, one month so I can watch The Good Fight and, uh, <laughs> and Star fight. Trek Discovery. You're a girl. So be done. So is it so you can watch the good fight or your wife can watch it? Tell the truth. Is it because you want to watch it too? I actually, my wife mm. does not watch The Good Wife. I oh, my a, God. I was a Good who's, Wife fan. I think it's because I'm a lawyer. It's a lawyer show, <laughs> so Jason I did Blair. watch it. And so, yeah, I will be watching The Good Fight. Yeah. All right. Well, they're good enough, but uh, we'll we'll move back to that topic a little yeah. later. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that the game was great because of the fact that it was close the whole time, and you know, there there was there there one there, punt, one punt. The I was going to say there was one punt, and there were no sacks until, unfortunately for Tom Brady, right at the time you don't want to get sacked. That's where the first sack was, and I thought that, and I talked a little bit about this with Dennis. The officiating didn't get in the way, and even earlier in the playoffs, the officiating definitely got in the way. Was and it? they reviewed some things, but I felt like they were things that needed to be they reviewed. Were, they were letting them play. I saw uh, Mike Pereira, yeah, the former VP of officiating. I think I saw him on on Colin or something, and he said he would have called interference on the final play. Oh, the the final play, yeah, of the, the game. Mary. So that he, would have been interference on the Eagles. Yeah, on the wow. Eagles. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, you, you'll get a little bit of a difference of opinion about you know the the couple of plays, the the more controversial ones, the ones that uh, Captain Eo was referring to. But overall, I think the majority of people felt like they ultimately got the calls right. When yes. you're ha- when you're watching a game that is commentated on by Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels and they disagree, I'm going to be sure that Al Michaels is right and Chris Collinsworth isn't, as I, was the I case in this game. I think it's very interesting if you notice that the, that the refs, when they look at the replay, they don't just stand there looking at the Microsoft Surface tablet that they, they show the replay on. They put headsets on, and that headset connects to New York. And I think it was super interesting when you saw that jet, that Zach Ertz touchdown. And I was like, look, he bobbled it, yes. But he ended up catching the ball. How do you, like, not call this a touchdown? And then Chris Collinsworth, he's totally into that anti, you know, anti-Dennis Miller Red Circle Sports <laughs> on Podcast One with Christian Blatt. Thank you. Uh, 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 you know, uh riff of well we're gonna we're gonna you know break this down and is this a catcher is, is he a runner is he is or is he a receiver and and honestly i kind of think the people from new york fed that to the ref that when chris collinsworth comes on on nbc and says well whether this is a catch all depends on 
whether he's a runner or whether he's a receiver and blah, 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 blah. And then the ref's listening with the earpiece. And then the ref comes out. And when he turns his mic on and explains to the camera and to everybody watching that uh, upon review, <laughs> the the receiver had turned into a runner. Yeah. And then therefore, I'm like, you know what? They are listening to what Chris Collinsworth says, and they're relaying this to the ref and saying, you know, tell him that he's a runner. You know, I, I legitimately think he's doing that. So when someone like Jeff and Captain EO, you know, when they're, they go they're, on, they're, they're they the say, same person. This is Jeff bullshit. And Captain this is EO not the, the way person. they've been playing it. But, you know, it, it, how do you turn that over? How do you, you know, legitimately say that's not a catch? Because, you know, he can make a, 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 a legitimate argument to say this, you know, they not called this a catch all season. But... Say it gone the other way, where the ref comes out and says, you know, this is not a catch. That would literally turn off half of America from the NFL. It would just play into their entire thing of this is micromanaging to the nth degree. We are done with this sport. We're going to start watching hockey. We're going to start watching the NBA. You have (laughs) to say that's a catch. You yeah, well, to. not to the extent that you're saying it. I do think you would definitely alienate a, a certain segment of, you know, more casual viewers. And, you know, f- people like to think that the reasons are for whatever their particular cause is. But there are definitely reasons why people aren't watching the NFL as much. I think it has actually less to do with the game itself and any protests and anything. It's just other options, you know. Yeah, the fact right. that you can watch, you know, eight episodes of Star Trek Discovery on a Sunday on your phone oh. while you're running. You also, know? <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people watch the Red Zone. They don't want to yeah. watch an entire that, crappy game. That red zone's exhausting though because like I, I always think like oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom and then like you, they switch over to four more games. I, I can't miss anything. Heard of a pause button. Yeah. But then I'm missing something. Do you understand my point? I don't want to miss anything. I want to live in the here and the now. FOMO. Well, exactly. Uh, by the when way, when I first got Sunday ticket, yeah. I thought this is great. I can switch between any game I want and then I realized instead of actually seeing everything, I was missing everything because yeah. I was so <laughs> just jumping from game to game to game to game and and honestly you have to when you have direct tv and red zone you have to say these are the two games i'm going to jump back and forth between and you have to stick to it it's 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 crazy but you just have to do it. Well, up until uh, before last year, one of the great things about living in Los Angeles was that we didn't have an NFL team. So right. they would the best games would always be on. So you're like, oh, yeah, you're all right. So the Packers and the Cowboys, I'll check that out. And I, I don't know, the... The, the Steelers and the Ravens. So you would have, like, you know, good out-of-market games, and you knew that you'd be able to watch them without having to get all that. Now, we don't only have one team that is not good but made the playoffs. We have two bad teams here in Los Angeles, and they're always on. So uh, that's uh, turned me off a little bit. By the way, when you're talking about Chris Collinsworth, uh, it made me think about something. I was just thinking about the worst broadcast game that I could imagine – would be the pairing of Joe Buck and Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> I, I would actually hit the SAP button and just listen to the Spanish broadcast, I think. I don't think I could sit through that. Uh, Salman, your thoughts on uh, Buck and Collinsworth uh, paired up? You know, I am uh, I'm kind of neutral on that, but you know my feelings about the, the recently retired God King Vin Scully. 
Well, I, I'm a huge Vince Scully fan, but I know how you feel about him. You should have. You should actually listen to Jaime Harin, who is the Spanish broadcaster for the Dodgers. My Spanish isn't that good. I only. I can only count. So I mean, yeah, I could follow the game, but so if they scored cinco runs, you would know. Yes. I don't know how you score See. cinco runs, but uh, all right. Uh, anyway, uh, what are what are your thoughts on on that, um, Jason? Are are you uh, are you uh, anti Collinsworth? Collinsworth in a way. He's mm. a fellow lawyer, so uh, I, I, I do understand what he's saying about how. Lawyer? Look, I don't know how you call this a catch when you mm, haven't called this so. a catch all season long, uh, but at the same time, he's bought into that whole. You know, and I know Dennis went on about this on Red Circle Sports uh, <laughs> on Podcast One with Thank Christian you. Black. Yes, yeah. um, that you know he's bought into this whole NFL catch no catch, just and it's killing the league. And y- you want to just say, "Shut up, Chris! Just shut <laughs> up!" It's the Super Bowl, and he's like breaking it down from this whole. Uh, you know, uh, he, he's looking for consistency, and I understand him. But you know, well, honestly, the, I think rules, I think my greatest announcing team would be Kevin Harlan, and maybe um, oh, who was the uh, the quarterback for uh, the Raiders? I'm blanking on his name right now. I I think the two Jim of them Plunkett. being uh, announcers, they would probably be my if I had to pick any. Announcing team that would be that. Okay, so Kevin Salmon Parker. has two points. What was the first one? The, well, take the second one first. Who were you saying the quarterback? Well, I, I thought he meant Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett, no. uh, or, or was it the late the late Daryl Lamonica? <laughs> well, and then the other point you had was about the consistency of the rules. Yeah, I think you know I'm not uh, I'm not so down on Collinsworth. I think he and Michaels want the same thing. They want the rule to be consistent. I mean, right. we we saw calls all season long. You know, they were making it up as they go along. I mean, you, know, you can't have that. What I like about Al Michaels is that you often feel like he has money on the game. So he's yes. really into some of the minutia. Right. And he's even made references to when you have kind this of the... This game is over. When you have the... Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> game is over. And then the uh, meaningless late... Uh, field goal or actually the you know it's more the meaningless touchdown instead of the field goal right. and then you or, know, not, using, or not going or for not it, going for it at the two yard and line. something about he'll throw the word cover in there so yeah so I, I love that right. and um, you know I hope for Al's sake he did take the money line but uh, I hope he's probably not allowed to gamble on that and look I yeah, understand that not. because being a Colts fan the Colts were obviously a pass heavy team in the Manning area and uh, you know it was one of those things where all season long you know they they were getting the flags for pass interference and stuff like that and then all of a sudden you get into the playoffs and people talk about Peyton Manning's poor record in the playoffs and then but there's like this change in philosophy that we're just going to let him play and we're going to swallow the 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 Whistle. the whistles and we're going to let you know basically you know the uh, the Ravens or whoever just basically mug Reggie Wayne or Dallas Clark or whatever <laughs> and th- that would drive you nuts because it was like all season long you're you're making these plays you're getting flags and then you get in the playoffs and there's no flag and it was literally the exact same thing. So you know, it's that I way, understand it's that where Jeff's in- coming from on that, but my goodness, how do you, you know? This is not one of those situations where, you know, Captain EO and, and Ken can talk about. Well, this was obviously a pass from you know Brady to Gronk where the Eagles mugged him. 
you know, no. This was a situation where, you know, the Eagles were already down in the red zone. They were basically within scoring distance. So, you know, I don't think these were necessarily game-changer calls that that Jeff wants to say that they are. But yeah. Well, it's good to see his anger management is going well. Salman, what was the point that uh, you were trying well, to make? Well, I was going to make the point that, you know, things that are called during the regular season or not called in the playoffs or vice versa. It's that way in hockey. It's that way in basketball. You know, they, they let them play when it's money time. Uh, before we uh, move away from uh, the game itself and we'll talk about some of the ancillary pomp and circumstance, uh, I f- want to just sort of summarize that my impression is that if you're a football fan that wasn't a, a fan of you, so basically... Everybody thought that that was a great Super Bowl, unless you were, one, a Patriots fan, two, a girl at a Super Bowl party who's just waiting for Timberlake to come on, and, you know, some varying degrees of that. Uh, But I think anybody who actually watched the game were like, well, this was actually a good one. Uh, You know, last year's Super Bowl was insane the way the Patriots came back. I, of course, wasn't rooting for them, but it was impressive to watch. Uh, but the first half of that Super Bowl was awful. So yeah. this was a great game all the way through, and you it's its hard to isolate too many. They're like the, Even the two that the Giants won, they're really only good in the last minute or last second, really, if you depending on which we're talking about. Yeah, so, uh, but I, I thought that, uh, as uh, as Chris Russo would say, good job by the NFL there. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> good job there, Mikey. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to also talk a little bit about some of the other stuff. And... The first thing is when it comes to the commercials, something that I realized is that my son is uh, terrified of dinosaurs. So uh, (laughs) there were multiple Jurassic World commercials on. And, uh, you know, I was just like, oh, it's okay. They're just dinosaurs. And he's like, dinosaurs, scary. I'm like, all right, so no more dinosaurs on our TV. Uh, so every time one of those stupid commercials Does he not on, like the dinosaur train? Uh, dinosaur train. <laughs> I, 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 I can't say, can't say I Barney. Barney is a dinosaur. I don't think anybody likes Barney, especially not in this day and age. Uh, you know, he's mostly Daniel Tiger, a little bit Curious George. Um, but we keep him away from by Curious George because I think he's too young for that. But <laughs> in a couple can, years, in a couple years. If I can make a side note on Curious George, what is the deal with the man in the big yellow hat? He lives with a prepubescent yeah. monkey, and the fair authorities have not yet confiscated his hard drive. I think it's on the up and up legally because he just tests cosmetics on him. So he's, you know, just, <laughs> he just puts some hairspray in his eye. Yeah, and he gives him cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. Watch, watch Curious, this. Curious George has, what is that called, o- OPD? OCD? No, not OCD. OPP? COPD. COPD. Damn, Cur- I had curious, a good joke and I screwed it up. Curious George, curious about COPD, and of course... Curious George and reduced lung capacity. Curious George, curious about unfiltered parliaments. He's very <laughs> I, curious. I will say this, one of my triplets, he, uh, that we've, we've, we've been drifting away from Disney Junior more into the PBS world, uh, basically because of Daniel Tiger, but uh, Curious George is on right before Daniel sure, Tiger, yeah. and... Uh, He's starting to talk monkey talk, so uh, you better watch that with Felix. That with the uh, monkey talk. He how just old, how old yeah. are the triplets? Uh, they are three, wow. uh, three and a half. They're about six months older than uh, Felix, I believe. Yeah. And wow. uh, yeah, they're just basically. He wants to talk everything now. He wants to go. 
that's pretty good. And I relate that to watching Curious George. So well, uh, so he'd be he, perfect to call into a Boston sports talk radio station. So I think he's perfect there. <laughs> uh, and uh, I want Salmon thanks to be, for the vine. <laughs> thanks for the vine, clones. Uh, I want Salmon to know, uh, Jason. It's a little bit about your uh, private life, but three. You had the three kids, the triplets. This is no fertility drugs. This is none of that nonsense. Wow. No, none of that Natural. nonsense. Yeah, yeah no. It's You're, just, you, have uh, some, you have some powerful <laughs> sauce, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> just ask the uh, missus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, that was really the th- that that took that kind of took Felix out of the Super Bowl. So he went out and watered the plants right. with mommy, uh, and I think they went for a walk. And, you know, they, they did a lot of their things. Uh, and uh, Lucy basically screamed at the top of her lungs the whole time. So it would have been a great a great year for you to come over for a Super Bowl port- party, Sal. You would have really enjoyed that. <laughs> that would have been great. Um, but, uh, you know, look, there are a couple of the commercials that I thought were uh, cute, but uh, not as cute as they thought they were. You know, I mean, there weren't real standouts, uh, although I am really excited for that Amazon uh, Jack Ryan show with John Krasinski. My favorite part is going to be when he stares at the camera and kind of mugs every time he makes fun of Rain Wilson. <laughs> that's going to be great. I think that's going to yeah. really fit is in there. Is he going to have bedhead as Jack Ryan? <laughs> I, think, I think he needs to. Um, and, you know, uh, there was that really weird commercial where I think it was a well-intentioned commercial where it's people who are going to the Super Bowl and then they're brought into a room because they have Hyundais and they're like, you know, you bought a Hyundai and that uh, helped uh, cancer research. Here's people That would have pissed me off. Like, yeah. literally, I'm trying to get in the Super Bowl and they're like, oh, you have Hyundai keys, so we're going to put you in this detention room. And then, you know, people like come out want to hug them. I'm yeah. like – Screw you, man! I've been sitting in this <laughs> detention room for ten minutes. Dude, have what, you seen what the, the hell line is at that the concession about? stands? The line of the concession stands yeah. at the Super Bowl. I can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like you can get service, you know, in the seats. Uh, you know, I do know a couple people who had tickets to that Super Bowl. One of them, when they were actually there, because they were there to work uh, for various projects that that they do, uh, she actually sold the tickets on StubHub because she's like, it's going to be like ten degrees and it was snowing. Yeah, because of how she got the tickets, okay. I think was okay. Uh, let's just say that. Uh, and uh, Sal, our old boss Bart Tesler, was there because he's a he's a Philly fan. So really? he uh, wasn't going to go to the Super Bowl in Minneapolis, as most people probably weren't. Uh, and uh, so I, I do know a few people who went there. But just imagine that that's the Super Bowl you go to, the one where you wake up in the morning. And I think it was like negative eight. That might have been the day before. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, they tried to do some events in Minneapolis. They had some local bands, uh, a band that I was a, I'm still a fan of, this band Soul Asylum out of Minneapolis. They played outside where it was 14 oh, degrees. Wow. Yeah, my friend's sister was there. She, like, posted some pictures on Facebook. And I'm like, you know, I really like that band. They're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Uh, I, I would not have gone outside for no. 14. I can't imagine what I would go outside for in 14 degrees. Go outside for Bowie. Now, especially. Yeah. Yeah. They, I they, know, think but the I mean, coldest certain... temperature ever measured in the United States was in Minnesota. People think Interna- it's Alaska, but I think it was falls. like in northern Minnesota. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, Salmon's yeah. right. It is indeed International Falls. Uh, were there anything that was there anything that stood out good, bad, uh, indifferent, commercial wise uh, for you, Jason? I'll ask you first before I uh, kick it uh-huh. over to Salmon. Uh, I, I kind of like the Tide ads because they did kind of get the feel of all those like Super Bowl ads. Uh, the one that really pissed me off was the uh, 
the T-Mobile ad. It was something about, um, I don't know, not not mattering who you marry. and it, it, I mean, it was just like all that, you know, for fans of the Dennis Miller show, I'm sure it's not, you know, playing into the, the politics of, you know, Sal and, and Christian and especially Will, but... Wow. You know, it was it was like this feel good sort of social justice warrior type ad, and I was like, ugh. Well, here's know. the thing that I'll say about that. I don't have a problem with that ad, but if you are going to give money to that ad, you could have definitely take the two million dollars from whatever that pro America organization was. It was like, hey, stand for the national anthem. Uh, you right. know, to, to, it's nice to be in a position where you can turn down two million dollars for your ad, by the way. But I mean, if you want to have an ad that has a, an agenda. Don't don't turn around and uh, take you know turn down the you know, right. like, don't take a two million dollar ad from the clan. I get that. Yeah, you know? I, I know that was one big thing in the news here was that you know uh, Tony Dungy made some point about the Eagles. Uh, Doug Peterson's a big time Christian, and I think a lot of the people so on his Tony staff are, are 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 religious, and 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 he pointed that out, and they're like, oh, this has no place in sports, and they're like, well, where are you when Jamel Hill's going out talking, you know, all of her political stuff and all that type of stuff? So you know it. it it is one of those things where it's kind of one way but not the other. So um, I thought that the ad uh, that was clever, not didn't make me laugh out loud, but was the the ad for Febreze about the guy whose shit doesn't stink. Of course, they oh, said yeah. bleep don't stink. Uh, you know, I'm just like, where is this going? And then I'm like, oh, it's for Febreze. All right, you know what? That's actually that one was actually pretty well done. But uh, you know. The Super Bowl ads of 2018 are a lot different than the ads of, say, 1998. Uh, you know, there, there's a, you know, Salman, there was a distinctive lack of uh, girls in bikinis, you know. Uh, Speak for yourself. Well, I mean, yeah. on the commercials. Yeah, I, well, you know, we had girls in my house acting uh, well, out the, the See, that's different. Yeah, I mean, look, we all don't have Tawny Katane on speed dial and get her to <laughs> reenact the Here I Go Again video on yeah, the hood of our car. I had to leave a line of coke from Orange County to Burbank. <laughs> get the old Jaguars who yeah. dance on the hood. Yeah. Um, nice. But were any of the commercials that you did see something that uh, you thought were was fun, Salmon, or uh, were you uh, were you vaping during? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was vaping. Uh, my favorite was the Eli Manning, Odell Beckham yes. Jr. commercial. Yeah, that was the a dirty, solid the ad. dirty solid. dancing commercial. I thought he p- completed more passes than he did all season. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and by the way, that was uh, that was a meme going around, which is that uh, the Patriots can't win a Super Bowl that Eli Manning appears in. So, uh, because there he was in the commercial. So, you know, it's anything to uh, kind of uh, tweak the Patriots fan. And look, we're laying into the Patriots a little bit, but it's, I don't know if I can think of in my lifetime a better uh, coach quarterback combination that has five Super Bowl rings. And you know, well, no, they're they're Chuck, all they're, Chuck they're Noll all and Bradshaw. Okay, sure, but it's, it's like almost they're they're now they're almost like five hundred in the Super Bowl. So if they lose one yeah. more, that's going to be a problem. But right now, it's you know, it's like it's a great team that has won so many times, and it was like their seventh straight year hosting the AFC Championship game. I think I remember from early in the playoffs. So it's like you have a great team. You're not going to win all of them just because you want to. You know, I I think that the Patriots have turned a lot of Red Sox fans into Yankee fans because they feel like they're entitled to win every year because we got the best fucking team, not those queers down in Philly. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I don't know. That's, uh, that's just some of my thoughts. But 
Uh, I uh, did want to take a couple quick last-minute digs at uh, Tom Brady because uh, before the Super Bowl, uh, there was uh, an incident. There was the video that went around where uh, he uh, kissed his son on the lips. And I give my son kisses uh, whenever uh, it seems like an appropriate moment. But what I don't do is ask him to come back for a bigger one on camera when it's on Facebook. <laughs> so uh, I don't think there's anything wrong. More, more tongues, son. Yeah. I'm your father. Well, kind of. And I don't think there's anything wrong with showing affection for your children, male or otherwise. But, you know, just remember where you are and that you're Tom Brady and that, you know, people are just looking for stuff. Well, to... obviously, like the Febreze commercial, his shit don't stink. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> uh, what did you think of that, Jason? Is I, I, I know you also have... Have male male offspring. Yes. Uh, what are your, what are your uh, thoughts on that? I do. I, I will say I'm probably outing myself a little bit here. Um, I do like. I don't live in the same city as my dad, so when I leave and I'm like, you know, bye, love you, whatever. I do give him a kiss, and it's a lip to lip kiss. And some people probably think that's weird, but uh, you know, my kids being three. Uh, you know, I, I, I take all the kisses I can get from him. So that kind of stuff doesn't bother me about Tom Brady. Uh, really, the stuff that bothers me more about Tom Brady is the stuff where he says, if you're on the TB12 diet, you won't get a sunburn. Uh, <laughs> that I, is I didn't hear that. Crazy I did not hear that. shit. You know, so uh, he's definitely kind of, uh, I don't know. I, it, it's weird. Like, as, as a Colts fan, Look, I, Tom Brady, there's always that con, you know uh, uh, debate, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. I think Peyton Manning all day long versus Tom Brady. I think you put the team that the Patriots had around Peyton Manning, he would win 12 straight Super Bowls. Uh, I know Dennis Miller on Red Circle Sports with Christian Blatt on Podcast One. Uh, you know, he says that, uh, you know, Brady's uh, greatest Brady, of all time. Brady's the GOAT. Uh, yeah, but I, I, he's I'm never been my focus of hate. It's more Belichick, just sort of the the way the refs kind of, kind of, kind of um, always seem to make the calls for the Patriots and stuff like that. But but Brady definitely, I think, being around Giselle and kind of being he 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 definitely does not have that sense of sort of self consciousness that I think a lot of quarterbacks need to have when he's walking down the street with some you know double breasted you know, coat that looks like some runway type thing. It, it doesn't do him any favors. Yeah, no, that, that, that Jackie O look that he had, uh, you know, right. walking you know out. Didn't do him, what good. didn't do him any favors was that he ran off the field when the, when the gun went off and didn't congratulate the, Eagles. Right. Yeah. but he didn't do that to Eli either. So at least that's consistent. You yeah, know, but, I mean, you know, it's a dick, no, I, it's a dick, it's a dick move. move. And as much as I don't like Belichick, you know, he took the time, you know, yeah, you, you, you do, Belichick he, stood up in the press conference and, you know, yeah, you do what you need to do there. Right. You know, uh, there's a time and place to, to be a little bitch. And I, I don't think that's it. No. Uh, to sort of uh, transition a little bit into real manly talk, you know, we're talking about sort of the Star Wars comparisons, you know, the Emperor Palpatines and things that run things. Uh, Jason, important question. Would you say that Tom Brady is more like Darth Vader, Darth Maul, or Kylo Ren? Ooh. Oh, man. I know. It's a good um, question. That's a question out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> kind of the point. Yeah, he's definitely not Darth Vader. Yeah, great. Uh, uh, Darth Maul is one of those guys. He, he's kind of like uh, Boba Fett, where everybody kind of builds a backstory for him, but he really doesn't have one. 
I mean, what did he say? Like two lines in the whole movie, and they got cut in half. But he had uh, the spoiler alert. But yeah, but he had the. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Darth Maul. It's it's all substance. He has the right. uh, he has the you know the two pronged lightsaber for her pleasure, and he just really. <laughs> There's not that much to him, and uh, I agree. Right. He's, I wouldn't go yeah. so far as to say he's Kylo Ren because, uh, well, you know what? When he walked off the field without congratulating Foles, that was a Kylo Ren moment. But anyway. Right. I would say of those three, I would say Kylo Ren because I, I don't necessarily think that Tom Brady is evil. I think he is an agent of an evil system. <laughs> Could um, he be an agent of Hydra? Yeah, you know. Look, I'm just putting it out there. I don't uh, know. Hydra. Hell Hydra, exactly. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, Jason, uh, we appreciate your talk on the football. Now, we're not really able to talk to you about Star Trek Discovery. Now, did you watch the one episode that was on TV, or you're just waiting for the whole thing uh, for I, later? I, I, I have it on my DVR, but I did not start it because I, I decided I was just going to binge watch the whole season. And uh, like I said, I, I made the mistake of using my free week of CBS All Access to watch yeah. the season of The Good Fight. Since I'm a Good Wife fan, and so I'm basically waiting for the entire season of Star Trek Discovery <coughs> so I can watch. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm so terrible because you know, I, I do think it's funny that everybody wanted this a la carte cable for years and years and years, and now you've got it, which means that you've got to subscribe to Netflix, you've got to subscribe to Hulu. ESPN has uh, their thing. WWE has their thing. CBS All Access. You're going to end up spending more money than you would have had in a, in a cable. You know, not if you cut. Not if you cut with. the cord. That's what a lot of millennials are doing. Yeah, but it, I think if you cut the cord, you then you have to add on depending on what you want. You know, because if you add on like the Sling TV, you get a little bit mm-hmm. of li- a live TV, and then you get the Netflix, the Hulu, the Amazon Prime. Jason, how much is your cable bill a month? Um. Well, that was one thing. Since I work for the government, they pay for my internet, so okay. I actually get the Premier uh, Directv, and that yeah, with all the movie networks and stuff like that, it's probably one eighty five. That's it's about that's pricey. about what mine is, and well, I don't have any of the premium. Channels. Yeah, I don't have premium channels, uh, and like with the internet, we're talking about it's like one fifty for me. So mm-hmm. right. Um, and all my cell yeah. services with AT and T now, so I like get right. the discount on. I think so, my my point is that they're going to get you. Yeah, yeah they're, no matter they got no matter me. how you juggle it, you're going to spend one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a month on television. Right. I I definitely agree that uh, you know, but I think that when you watch Star Trek Discovery, it'll be interesting to know what you think. Um, because uh, I was going around saying to people that I thought it was the best show, the best new show on television. But then I remembered it's not on television. But you can watch it. Like I have, I have the app on on my smart TV, so I do actually watch it on television. But uh, I'm super pumped. You told me that this is the last episode of the season, so yes. I will probably yeah. be getting it this. Uh, yeah. You know, basically watching it within the next week or so. Uh, I've seen the images of the differences in the Klingons, which is interesting. I'm gonna have to see how that that all. Yeah. Works out, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a Trekkie. You know, I can tell you who you know, Ron Moore and Brennan Braga and all that type of stuff were back with the Deep Space Nine and all that type of stuff. So I'm, I'm excited but, to watch it. But so. who did you, who did you go to college with? That's your real Star Trek. I guy. yeah, I actually uh, when I was at UCLA, um, you know, there was Sirac Lofton who played Jake Sisko. He was in several of my art history classes. 
as was uh, Jaleel White, who played. Wait, uh, I didn't. Urkel. I forgot that Urkel and and Jake Sisko, of course, Avery Brooks' son on wasn't, Deep Space Nine. Wasn't Urkel in an alternate universe episode of Deep Space Nine? <laughs> I, I think he was. He was actually the Emperor in yeah. in that uh, in in the Urkel verse. It got was any, actually got any space cheese. Yeah. Um, well, uh, but before uh, we let you go, I thought I'd let you be a part of a little uh, theater piece that I worked up for Star Trek Weekly, which I host Sunday nights, very late Sunday night on AfterBuzz TV, Sunday at 10 Pacific. So our friend uh, Rafe Gutman, Mark Hunt, he is a fan of, of Star Trek Weekly, but he always watches the next day. You know, where's the loyalty? He doesn't stay up till one in the morning to watch it. But, um, you know, a couple of months ago, there was this idea floated, which seems to be taking fruition, that Quentin Tarantino is going to direct a Star Trek movie. So I wanted to share with a couple of uh, Star Trek fans and, of course, Black Cast Nation, uh, what I think that movie will be like. I've already, I've already got it. Is Samuel L. Jackson in the cast? Uh, he's not. So no. oh. Because I know better than to do a Samuel L. Jackson impression. I'm uh, tired and, of these motherfucking tribbles <laughs> yeah, get, on this motherfucking starship! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get these motherfucking tribbles. Uh, no, mine is actually, it's a different scene uh, from Pulp Fiction, uh, but one that's very memorable. So uh, take it away, me. Don't fucking jimmy me bones, okay? Let me ask you something. When you beamed down here, did you see a sign on the front of my quarters that said dead triple storage? Did you notice a sign on the front of my house that said dead triple storage? No, you didn't. You know why you didn't see that sign? Because it ain't there. Because storing dead tribbles ain't my fucking business. That's why. Anyway, I think that's what the movie's going to be like. <laughs> I think that's that's definitely yeah. better. That's, yeah. yeah. And I I, I, I really uh, I really deliberated on that. It, was it funnier to say dead tribbles or dead Klingons? I think the double B sound made dead tribbles sound Tribble funnier, especially yeah. compared to what the original dialogue was. But uh, not that I even know what the original dialogue was. There's some words that I don't even hear when they're said. Uh, anyway, Jason, uh, I always like to promote your Twitter because oh, yeah. you don't tweet and no one follows you. Uh, I think I tweeted twice after the last black cast I was on. So, yeah, so uh, you're, yeah. you're going... Your best chance is to follow me on Facebook. Uh, you know, I, I actually, at my church, we did a halftime show, Justin Timberlake halftime show. Go on to my Facebook page and watch it. it I think it was... Uh, pretty solid performance but yeah. Uh, yeah oh by the way you reminded me that i just completely blew past the uh, halftime show it just was you know it's just not for me but i don't think that he did a good job for him i thought that the prince tribute was tone deaf yeah and I, uh look i've seen halftime shows for performers that i don't really like i thought the black eyed peas did a good one gaga did a good one and i vaguely remember <laughs> Katy perry doing one but you know that might have been a wet dream well, i had th they're all they're all <laughs> recorded the vo the vocals are all recorded sure. you have to do it when you're an, in a super bowl it's just a fact of the matter but the fact when you're dancing and you stop moving your lips and people still hear your voice singing you're gonna get a call out for that so it, it, it was fine as you would say uh, that's not uh, what i would say that's what agent starling would say but yeah yeah it, it was fine I, I i didn't mind it i didn't think it was that great i didn't think it was that bad if you want to see a real halftime performance go to my facebook page <laughs> jason blair we did a whole uh justin timberlake uh you know uh uh show uh you need to check it out so. all right 
And yeah. uh, because I do want to promote your Twitter, it's Jason P. Blair. And you have, at this moment, you have 55 tweets. You're following 27 people. You have 16 followers and 12 likes. And you joined in August 2009. It's a boutique yeah. operation. It's a, yeah, it's not for everybody. The last time you tweeted was April 13th, 2017. Which is a week after my last Black Cast appearance. Exactly, so. Black Cast 221, where you see a picture of the crazy car seat that you have for yes. the triplets. Uh, in any case, uh, Jason, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I thank felt you. like I, I know how much you suffered when uh, Coltrane and Captain EO would really do their their uh, Patriots victory dance. By the way, I had a whole show planned out just because I expected the Patriots to win. Uh, I was going to Skype connect Jeff and Ken, and I was like, after a minute, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go take a break. I was going to let them talk for like 25 minutes straight about the if, Patriots. If anyone wants to know how truthful <laughs> Ken is, he still insists that Boston has the best drivers in the United States. And <laughs> yeah, if anyone actually, is driven in Boston, yeah. Don't forget the they Parkers. know that he yeah. has no credibility whatsoever. Absolutely. Absolutely none. All right, uh, Jason Blair, thank you so much, and uh, Thanks, we look guys. forward to having you back on the Blackcast in the near future. Thanks. Anyway, uh, Salmon, so uh, we're having some fun here, aren't we? Talking, yes, we are. Talking questions. a little grid, being all manly. You know what we're going to do now? We're going to be even extra manly, and we're going to talk, we're going to really like deep dive on Star Trek. Okay? Excellent. Now, as you and I are talking, the final episode Ooh. of season one has not aired. Uh, so we're not 15 episodes deep. We're 14. We're 14 deep, deep. but uh, I feel like 14 too many. We're gonna talk about it first in overall terms, and then we're gonna bring down the big spoiler curtain where people who haven't watched it, like Jason Blair, is gonna have to stop listening to his own episode because at some point we're gonna start throwing around the uh, spoilers. Well, I'm, gonna... I'm going on to his Facebook page and I'm gonna drop <laughs> some spoilers. <laughs> That's on a great there. idea. I can think of three off the top of my head. But uh, just on the whole, as the 14 episode season is gone along uh give us your thoughts and i remember you initially were trying to hold out but i initially was a holdout i did not want to give less moonviz my money and uh i think i held out for about three weeks no like nine. Oh, okay it was that yeah. long yeah that's yeah, right I, I remember because you were you were going to florida for thanksgiving right and i was like well get the free week when you're there because there's not no, much to I do held out especially after that. especially because they don't have dr pepper in florida inside joke but that's all that's right. right it's okay that's what we do uh so you did hold out for actually for most of the the yeah. original run before they took a yeah, break and i and i stand by that i mean it's what is it? Six ninety nine a month with commercials. Uh, I think it's five ninety nine with commercials, nine ninety nine without. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's and look, a I, lot I, of money. as I've said many times, uh, I get the chance to watch it for free here at AfterBuzz because I host Star Trek Weekly. So uh, I don't pay for it. So I'm sort of a bad judge. Uh, before it started, I was pretty adamant. I'm like, no, I wouldn't pay for this. And as it went along, I'm like, oh, I do really like it. So just hypothetically, if I needed to pay for it for season two. I feel like I would, but I don't think I'd sign up in week one. I'd do more like you did. I'd let a few of them pile up, and then when the season was over, I I'd cancel it. But uh, what did you think when you finally dove in on Star Trek Discovery? Oh, I was extremely pleased. I thought it was 
you know, the best series since Deep Space Nine, that's Star ex- Trek-wise. By the way, that's exactly what I've said, is that, because I'm, I'm not a Voyager fan, as much as I love Captain Mrs. Columbo, uh, and um, <laughs> as, as much, you know what, as much as I loved Scott Bakula on Quantum Leap, yeah, that's right, that was one of my favorite shows, uh, Star Trek Enterprise just did not do it for me. No. And they, they, tried to, they tried to, you know, amp it up a little too much, and they tried to UPN it, is what they did, mm-hmm. and then I think they actually made it worse uh, in the later run of the series. So, uh, yeah, I felt very strongly that I liked this the most since Deep Space Nine. So you and I are on the same page there, sir. So clearly you're right. Yeah, and so are you. Yeah, <laughs> we're both geniuses. Uh, so uh, as uh, as the show's gone along, still not delving into spoilers, did you find that you were uh, surprised in a good way, or do you think they were trying too hard in, in sort of today's, like, you know, gotcha, you know, kind of uh, entertainment, uh, you know, that way. You know, there, there were some loose ends in the beginning. Yeah. But, you know, as a, as a Star Trek fan, you tend to cut them a lot of slack just because, hey, it's Star Trek and it's back. Yeah, and, you know, it, it had been a while. I mean, when you think about it, the last couple Next Generation movies I really did not like, you know. So it had been a while. I, I know, uh, you know, the J.J. Abrams movies are kind of up and down. I really liked the first and third ones, and I didn't hate the second one like a lot of people did. Uh, and that's the same thing, though. It's like, yeah, okay, it's not perfect. I, I don't know on what world Benedict Cumberbatch is Khan, but it's still Star Trek and it's back. And right. for the most part, it's exciting to see those characters. Uh, I don't love that they set it in this time period where it's 10 years before the original series. You know, it's, it's, all, it's all very familiar ground. I'd like to go forward at some point. You know, as, as the title of the movie suggests, how about you go beyond? You know, you go beyond a certain star date. Give us something new. But uh, at I this, think there's there's plenty that's new. There, well, you know, that, and and if you're talking bells and whistles, well, a lot of the bells know. and whistles don't add up because you're yeah. like the, te- the tech in this show. And the first so, couple of weeks of Star Trek Weekly, we really harped on this, but we knew we had to let it go because we didn't couldn't do it every right. week. Uh, and, and you know, just the technology that they have on Star Trek Discovery, you're like. That's so far removed from anything even on Next Generation. How do they then go down to basically having, you know, flip phones and, you know, like... Uh, and, Phasers and, uh, and, that have to yeah, warm up. And, and yeah, the, you communicate with, like, a, a, an RCA that you have to adjust the color on, you know? Mm-hmm. And, Vertical and, hole. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they've... <laughs> Exactly. The the uh, VHF and the UHF, you have to make sure that they both communicate. But you also, you just have like some of that stuff that doesn't add up. But at the same time, you're like, well, do you want them to have like 1960s era limitations on what they do? So, you know, look, I, I understand both sides of it, but it took me out of it a little bit at first. But I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I think that the, the cast is great um, as we've as it went along, you got to know some of the cast a little bit more. Right. You know, it was, uh, you know, Michael Burnham, the main character, was really in the forefront a, a little too much in the first few episodes, Yeah, I you thought. know, she's not my favorite character. There is, For, some, yeah. there is Her acting is a little bit over the top. And at times it's also a little Vulcan because she's studied uh, on <laughs> she Vulcan. Is, she is a little Yeah, Vulcan. so she can't help it. Right. You know, on the other hand, you know, they've written her a lot of good stuff. Yeah. But... You know, I well, that's kind of a spoiler alert. So. That's all right. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. But uh, yeah, and uh, I I think that the character that grew on me is Lieutenant Saru, who uh, you know was somebody that I didn't know what to think in the pilot, but I'm like I actually really like him as the series goes along, and uh, yeah, I think they did a really good job, and uh, I'm uh, disappointed that it's going to be 
like a full year before it comes back because they oh, really man. they really need to do some retooling. I don't know what that's going to do for CBS All Access because Jason Blair might want to watch The Good Fight, but I don't know exactly how many other people who have Star Trek Discovery are going to be like, oh, I'm going to keep it for The Good Fight. Hey, maybe Jason... Uh Maybe Jason Christine Baranski will guest star on Star Trek Discovery. We should be so lucky. You can, you can kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> she was great on Sybil, Sybil Shepherd's sitcom. Yeah, and she's in Mamma Mia too. Jason Blair. Wow. So I mean, that's this is a busy, busy time for it's Christine a busy Baranski. Christine Baranski time. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. And look, there are people that I know who are Star Trek fans that really dislike this series. There are some. You know, modern sensibilities that are placed in there. Um, I did, I talked about this on Star Trek Discovery. I found it a little jarring the first time that there was swearing, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, and there's in an episode where Agent, Tell- Agent Tilly, or Cadet Tilly, I made her remember the X-Files. Yeah, I got uh, this. Cadet Tilly, where she's like, this is fucking cool. And yeah. I was like, no, that really took me out of it. And that didn't bother me. It, it bothered think... me at first, but then she swore a couple other times, and I'm like, all right, I got, I, I got used to it. Uh, you know, and let's just say there's there's a, there's a gay relationship, and I know that there are people that didn't like that, but it's that's not even the first thing we've ever seen in Star Trek. I mean, you need to go back more than 50 years, and when you see George Takei with his shirt off, swashbuckling, there's nothing more gay that's been on my television than that, all right? So Star Trek has kind of always been sort of gay. And and also there was an interracial kiss, you know, which was unheard of. Yeah. No, I mean, people didn't, in certain NBC affiliates didn't air the show because of that. Yeah, I think Kirk kissed a Klingon. (laughs) Interracial, get it? I do get it. Um, all right, so now in our final minutes here, we're going to talk about uh, Star Trek Discovery in a very spoiler-heavy way. Sorry that we didn't uh, put at the top of the show something you know to prevent spoilers from the Super Bowl for people who had DVR'd it but hadn't gotten around to watching it yet. My apologies. We usually try to do that here at the Blackcast, give you the spoiler warning. But now this is an official spoiler warning for Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. I w- if I wanted to spend the money on the Star Trek Red Alert sound effect, I'd insert it here. But I don't know if I want to take the time. Black yeah. alert is more. Uh, Whoa, Whoa! That's a good way to bring spoiler. it around. That is a spoiler. Uh, so now that we're talking about it behind the spoiler curtain, where we're giving away everything about the show that we know through 14 episodes, uh, give us some of your more specific thoughts about the show. Well, I mean, the one thing about Burnham's character is that you know, there's a real suspension of disbelief. I mean, she was a mutineer. Yeah. She. You know, she literally tried to take over the ship, and uh, you know, there should she should not be running around having a television show, right? And I mean, I think that the the explanation they gave in the third episode was okay. You know, it was all right, but then you're just like, man, she has a lot of access. She gets to yeah. like beam down on away missions. Yeah, you know, she's she's really getting to do a lot more than you would think. Somebody who's just there as a specialist yeah, and, and consultant, also, right? And also, the crew doesn't react to the fact that, oh my god, you know, there's this mutineer on board. Yeah. She gets to do way more than I do. Yeah, in the first episode, they the, well, the third episode, the first episode, you know, it was like it was like it was a different show starting with episode three, which right. I thought was interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That's a, that's definitely some suspension of disbelief. You know, and also at this point in the show, if she had never done the mutiny, it wouldn't matter. They might as well have not done it if they're not going to penalize her for it. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, I yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's. Um, it's interesting to watch, and like I said, as, as it went along, 
I, I liked watching the story unfold. Uh, and sort of the fun thing about doing Star Trek Weekly, Sundays at 10 Pacific, <clears throat> over at uh, After Buzz TV. Look for us on the Sci-Fi Fantasy Superhero Channel. That's right. That's where you can find it. Uh, and uh, was there would be a lot of people in the chat. Uh, look, I've done a lot of shows for After Buzz, and I've done some other things out there on the Internet. When you're associated with something that has Star Trek in it, Sal, uh, you go from, oh, I have a nice, like, three to 500 views. That's pretty cool. To, uh, oh, I have 1,500 views overnight. Wow. Because it's Star Trek, and people, yeah. you know, really like to dig into that. Uh, and, you know, you get stuff like people calling you out because you didn't know how to spell Kronos. And, uh, <laughs> I, or pronounce it I, correctly. I, I called Harry Mudd uh, Harvey Mudd, and, you know, it just... You know, there's a lot of stuff like that that uh, people are, are quick to point out. But uh, it was a lot of fun. So a lot of theories sort of get posited in there, and then it kind of influences the way that you think about the show. So there were people that sort of noticed there's a, an early episode where uh, Lorca and the Admiral get it on, and right. you see some of his scarring, and then it's like, oh, yeah, that's consistent with the Terran Empire and the, right. you know, all this. Right, so, but it, it happened – the payoff was so late – yeah, that you don't make only a deep insider right. like you Which, or me yeah. would, would go. Oh, in episode three, I mean, yeah, you know, but when, so that, we're on episode fourteen. Yeah, which I thought that that stuff was really cool, and I liked some of those theories. And there was some, you know, some cool things. The, there was no surprise that the emperor in the mirror universe was Giorgio. Um, right. You know that, but that, it was a cool reveal. It's just yeah. like, oh yeah, we saw it coming. And I liked that they spent some time in the mirror universe. I think they could have uh, hopped back a, a week earlier, but uh, yeah. the stories were cool. I liked seeing uh, Captain Killy, the uh, the mirror universe version of Cadet Tilly. Oh, My I... friend Tom Kelly, who's been on the uh, Black Cast a number of times, and I've done some videos. He hated her so much, Cadet Tilly. And he like posted videos about how he hated her, just trying to you know, <laughs> trying to get drum up some views. And I was like, I don't know. She's kind of like a, a character that really grew on me as well. She's I, cuddly. Yeah, exactly. She's she's fun. And then when she gets to be like the badass one, I'm like, this is great. So I don't know. I think that they did a they did some great science fiction storytelling. They did some great Star Trek storytelling, and it's. I don't know. I can't think. Of, I mean, look, I have to keep up on the show because I talk about it for AfterBuzz. But it's it's a show that I'm very actively looking forward to the next episode, and I want to see where the story goes. So I found it to be kind of captivating throughout the season. Uh, did you find any lulls along the way, Sal? I did not find any lulls along the way. I've been captivated every episode. Um, I almost wish I had given Les Moonves my money earlier. But that's all right, because you'd still be 14 episodes deep right now. You yeah, know, but I, I'd also be out, you know, like another 50 bucks. Yeah, that's true. So that's good. And that's that's money that you could have put on the Eagles in the money line if you were thinking about it. That's true. Oh, well. We could, have, we could have pooled our 50 bucks together. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, next time that we're in Vegas for the Super Bowl, whatever. Um, yeah, so it'll be uh, interesting to see where uh, the season finale well, it's goes. Go, it's going to be a cliffhanger. There has, yeah, it has, it has, to, be, it has I mean. to be because they, they want you. And there are I some... Don't expect satisfaction. There are definitely some, uh, you know, some loose threads. Uh, I w- would like to see the Prime Universe version 
version of Lorca. I yes. would like to see the Mirror Universe version of Burnham. I feel like those were unresolved for you know, I don't very think, intentionally. I don't think we're going back to the Mirror Universe. No, no, but I think we could see her over here in the Prime Universe. I think that we're not going to go oh, back there. Oh, but I oh. think that she could have ended up here somehow. But, you know, again, who knows? Um, and that's sort of the, the fun of it, you know, is kind of trying to figure out where it goes. But uh, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And the thing about the show is that, yes, it's on CBS All Access here. But it, except for Canada, where I think it actually airs on a broadcast TV channel, and the rest of the world, it's on Netflix. And Netflix paid an obscene amount of money to have Star Trek Discovery. So my friend Brad, who is a regular guest on the Blackcast, and you may very well hear next week here on the Blackcast, he uh, it just shows up on his Netflix every like Monday or something. But they spent like I don't know six million dollars an episode to have it or something. Wow. So. I have found, actually, kind of except for uh, the the last episode, episode, uh, I think, uh, maybe episode 13, there was one where I felt like they started to cut a little corners, but I thought the budget was really high all the way through, and usually, you know, a TV show spends a ton of money on the pilot, and then you just right. sort the of... the rest of the episodes are like, yeah. oh, I can see where they cut corners. Yeah, or they do, like, the 70s Battlestar Galactica, where they repurpose effects from the pilot, Absolutely. And, and they're just like, well, we'll figure out a way to explain it, and, uh, you, you can know... Tell at the point where they fired the head writer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, that's true. So I think that uh, it because the quality was well-maintained, and look, I don't know what Brian Fuller's problem was, that uh, he was out, I think, after the second or third episode. I don't know exactly what the time frame was. Uh, I don't, it must have uh, been a lot of drama behind the scenes, but the product on the screen was still very good. I think they were smart to hold it. It was going to originally premiere, I think, in May, and then they needed a few more months and uh, they you know. probably had shot three or four episodes that they hated yeah that's and a, that's they, possible and, uh, i would love to see what those look like i mean that is like they probably look that like is the star trek version of the day the clown cried <laughs> oh if we could ever have a viewing of the day the clown cried oh my i mean now that jerry's not around come on like yeah, somebody open up on, the vault give it up i know he didn't finish filming it but you know we could animate the other scenes to have some <laughs> connective tissue you know you could have hank azaria do his jerry impression for you know the the scenes that weren't shot i'm sure the script is still out there but uh, apart from watching The Day the Clown Cried, I wonder if maybe the early episodes that were shot were sort of like, there's those fan series of Star Trek, you know, like, the oh, missions right, continue. Right. And I've known people that have, you know, been actors, I'm using air quotes, on those shows, and uh, it's a little bit of a struggle. It's, it's a little bit of a struggle yeah. uh, to watch some of those. So hopefully they looked better than those. Anyway, Salman, uh, we talked NFL we talked Star Trek. What else is left? What else is left in the world? Well, if we could just go back to the NFL for Please, a, a yes. moment. Uh, you know, the afterglow in Philadelphia. Did you hear about that one guy eating horse shit? Oh, yeah. I, I mentioned, I you told know Dennis why, about that. You know that. why he ate it? Why did he eat it? was cheese whiz on it. That's actually really funny that you say that because when Dennis and I talked about it, he was like they were cheering him on, but they made sure that he ate it and he couldn't remember what the, the phrase was. And I had a guy from Philly tell me that it's not wit whiz, which would make sense. No, because it's, it's wit onions. Well, I understood. Wit or without means wit or without, without onions. But I thought he's I, – I, my understanding is that you say, you put the whiz first and you say whiz wit. And I'm like – Yeah, I, right. 
I'm like, I guess so. No, Doesn't make sense I, I, that way. I went to, I lived in Philly I know, for four so, years. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so you and I are both, uh, you don't talk about great minds, thinking about putting cheese whiz on horse shit. <laughs> that's, that's what we get not paid for. And that's the uh, actual unofficial title of this episode of the Black Cast. I like to think that every week here on the Black Cast, we put cheese whiz on horse shit. So. Hey, I like that. Yeah. You know, I think that that's, uh, that's great for everybody. Cast, we put cheese on horse shit. <laughs> cheese whiz. Cheese whiz on yeah, uh, Salman. You know, I was uh, I was chiding Jason Blair for not really using his Twitter. Uh, have you opened up D.Y.'s comedy to the masses? I have. D.Y.'s comedy is now open to the masses. Okay. Tweet uh, me sweetly. And you do you do a lot of those posts that are like, you know, the hashtags that are going around. Yeah, like, I, I do those. Like the hashtag I cannot recall or hashtag replace love with anal, which was the anal boat. <laughs> it, That's not a bad one. No, someone had already done it, but That's all right. I happen to like that. Yeah. And then there's the, you know. Like, yeah. But uh, to doing, tie into. I'm doing the Isaac move. You can't see it. <laughs> tie, to tie into our earlier conversation. Hashtag when I need to blow off steam, I go to Riza. It's a Star Trek TNG reference, people. Let's get it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so people can follow you there. And, uh, you know, look, it's uh, Pictures and Catchers. Speaking of cheese whiz on horseshit, <laughs> follow me on Twitter. <laughs> You'll get a lot of that. Uh, but Pictures and Catchers, it's like this week or at the end of the week. Seven days. Yeah, so it's a week away. So great. So we've got that. We've got uh, another disappointing New York Mets season to look forward to. I'd Jay say, Bruce is I'd back. Say, Todd Frazier. I'd say they're a good bet for 500. Yeah. Oh yeah, for five hundred, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they they you know maybe they add somebody at the deadline and they could lose another wild card game, which was fun. But uh, yeah, I don't think they've got all the pieces in place. If Degrom and Syndergaard stay the whole season, yeah, I think they're a good bet for five hundred. I think you're absolutely right. I think those are the only guys who are going to get any wins. Well, anyway, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. It's my Salmon. pleasure. And again, our thanks to Jason Blair. Our thanks to all of you in Black Cast Nation, except, of course, for Patriots fans who probably were not interested in listening to this episode. But that's all right, because, you know, next week you can listen to a really in-depth analysis of the X-Men Dark Phoenix saga. So what Patriots fan doesn't want to hear that? Um, I, I promised this episode a few weeks ago. My friend Brad uh, joined me via uh, Skype from Australia, and we, uh, we got a little extra nerdy, which apparently happens sometimes here on the Blackcast. Another way to boil that down, horseshit with Cheese Whiz. But if you want to stay in touch with the Blackcast, you can follow at Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, on Twitter, the Blackcast on Facebook. Give us the old thumbs up. I don't know where the thumb goes up, but you can put it up. And blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T.com. Me, I'm at Christian DMZ on Twitter and Instagram. And as I mentioned over at AfterBuzz TV, you can find me doing the following. Sundays I talk Star Trek. Mondays I talk Marvel TV. Tuesdays I talk The Trump Report, and Wednesdays I do South Park, and then on Thursday I rest. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but uh, that's all for now, and we will see you next time on The Blackcast. Cast.